And welcome to Talking Tillies. We are back for week two, which is pretty good because that means we've all returned, decided to come back, and we don't hate each other yet. So you guys are going to be blessed with our voices all over your ears once again. This week uh, is a huge week. We jump into our final preseason episode uh, looking at what's going on in our own backyard here at home. We are going to go through all of the 12 Liberty A-League teams and uh, give you our opinions on where they could finish. We're going to do ladder predictions for the A-League and WSL, and we're going to do our first preview of the games ahead as the WSL kicks off this weekend. Uh, so my comrades are here. Let's just dump straight in first. We had two big names return to the A-League, making it nine capped Matildas playing in the A-League this year. Biggest uh, of them was probably Kaya Simon back to the Central Coast Mariners. And we've got Emily Galenic signing for Melbourne Victory. The transfer news keeps coming, guys. How do we feel about these? It's the fun of the offseason, isn't it? <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what's happening next. I've got wind of Kaya Simon coming back, a mate of mine, big Mariners fan, decided to put a little cryptic message up on um, Instagram. So I sent him a message. I'm like, oh, is this meant to be Kaya Simon coming back? Left me on red for about a week until the news was announced and then sent me a winky face. So, Marty Mariner, thank you for that. <laughs> but no, especially the Kai Simon news, it's absolutely massive for the Mariners. And considering, you know, they've just come back into the league, you know, that's it's almost a statement signing there, isn't it? Yeah, huge signing, Kai Simon. Um, it feels um, very, how do I say this nicely? Um, well, the, the Central Coast is a great spot uh, to retire. You know, you got the beach um, and everything. So it's a great spot to retire. So if she's retiring, she's uh, <laughs> she's in the right spot for it. But um, I think, and we were talking about this off air as well, um, that I think really what is good about this signing is that, you know, it's she's obviously got a big name and um, a big following and, more than anything, I think she'll be able to get some bums on seats, so yeah, uh, which will be good for the Mariners. It kind of makes it easy for the marketing team, doesn't it? Matilda Star returns, uh, come by memberships and see. Job's done. Yeah, right. Yeah. Take it. Writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> the marketing team at Central Coast right now is like, thank you, thank you, back, appreciate. Back to where it started, kind of vibes. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it really kind of the story writes itself there. Hundred percent. Um. Meanwhile, actual Matilda's news for the first time here. Uh, the under-17s have just played three uh, games, one all three, um, which good result for the under-17s there. Uh, we had a breakout star. Michelle, do you want to take us through what happened in those games? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of great things come from the Northern Beaches, you know, obviously great beaches. Um great football podcasters like yours truly and uh well a future um Matilda that could be an absolute superstar Sienna Dale uh who currently plays for Manly United um former Wakehurst FC junior um for those who don't know Wakehurst is also my local club <laughs> that I coach and play for um so, yeah, she scored four goals uh, against Bangladesh in a 4-0 win, uh, which is huge. So um, a lot of big things coming up in the um, 
the U17s uh, for their Asian Cup qualifiers. Um, so, yeah, it, it's great to see, you know, that our youth development is doing really well. Um, yeah. And, yeah, hopefully um, one of these days Sienna Dale will be wearing the sky blue and representing Sydney SE. <laughs> Just a point on that because, look, with A-League's, A-League Club's track record history and signings, there's definitely not beneath bringing players in at the 16-year-old mark. I mean, Wanderers today only assigned a player that was 14 years Four, old 14, or something like that. yeah. That's absolutely nuts to think about. I, I know what I was doing at 14 and I was nowhere near a professional contract. Um, are you surprised in a way that she hasn't actually been given it? Like, look, I understand she's 16. She's got plenty of time ahead of her. But in a sense, are you surprised that she actually hasn't been given that chance as of yet, considering some of the other players in that under-17 side, they've already been snapped up? Um, not necessarily. I think uh, this season in particular, the NPL season, she was kind of going a bit between um, the first grade and the reserve grade. So she was kind of bouncing between the two. So I think because of that, maybe like she, like Ante or whoever wasn't really picking up on her because of, you know, going up and down the, the two. But I think probably after this, um, there might be a few eyes uh, looking at her and maybe she'll be, um, hanging around the the training squad and and instead of being like in the team but um yeah I, I guess we'll see what happens but I reckon if she can stay first grade and continuously stay in the first grade um next MPL season she'll definitely get um get a contract somewhere yeah 100% um looking at uh results of those games quickly 4-0 over Bangladesh uh 2-1 over Vietnam and 6-2 over Philippines so Pretty some statement wins there, um, and a seemingly close game against Vietnam on paper. Um, definitely good results for them in their qualification uh, to that next level. Now to the main course. What you're all actually here for, um, whether you wanted to be or not, is <laughs> is our deep dive into the A League. Now this is something that we've kind of wanted to make a point of on this podcast is to shine a light on things here at home and uh, keep the attention coming back towards the A-League. Um, we are all super pumped for the season. Our, all of our teams probably have a solid chance at making some form of run towards something this year, whether that be a trophy or a wooden spoon is yet to be uh, seen. But let's start down in South Australia. Let's start with Adelaide, guys. Uh, going through their squad, looking pretty solid. Not too many core changes um, to the squad, so letting development kind of run. How do we feel about Adelaide looking this year? I'm excited to see Jansevski come into the side. I think that's probably, out of all the players that they've brought in, I think that's probably the one that stands out to me the most. Someone that's kind of petering on the under-23s for a little while. I know she was in the extended squad, or at least... Uh, back up for the under twenties World Cup. So, and someone that I was surprised actually didn't go to that World Cup altogether. But um, someone that look on a day can definitely be a difference maker on a football pitch. And Adelaide, it was a funny story for them last year. It was either they were set up really well defensively and struggled to score, or could score three or four goals in a game and would still lose. Um, but yeah, those days where they really need someone to kind of step up and go, okay, yeah, I want to be the hero here. 
she's probably she is someone that can do that, I think. And she's going there not as kind of a young player breaking through anymore. I think she'll be there as kind of one of their starters, one of their main players. It's an opportunity that's good for her. I'm intrigued to see where it takes her. But um, yeah, I think if you're talking about who to watch from that team, in a sense, she's probably the one that I've got my eye on the most so far. Michelle? Um, well, looking at the squad is quite minimal. Um, there's, uh, there's a season yeah, coming. Helps. And I uh, don't know if they know that the season is coming. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think losing Fiona Wirtz is, um, I think some people might disagree with me, but I think it is a big loss. Um, I, you know, obviously she was Julie Dolan medal winner um, a couple seasons ago. So she's a, a standout player and has joined the Sky Blues. So um, I think that's a quite a big loss, but I think um, Amelia Murray is a really exciting player, really young, um, exciting player to to watch out for um, in the coming season. But look, realistically, after last season, it was such a huge disappointment compared to the season before, where they made finals for the first time. Last season just kind of flopped, essentially, um, and so there's. Um, quite a bit of pressure, I think, for Adelaide to to go one better than the last year. To make you hell up back home. Brisbane looking on paper, what are we looking at there that maybe they could improve on or what are they missing here um, that will stop them from making that run? Well, to be fair, you talk about statement signings. If you're going to replace Katrina Gorry, you need someone <laughs> of that kind of ilk in a way. It's... Look, I'm not saying Yallop's going to be the perfect uh, 100% replacement for her, but you need to do something of that nature, of that, you know, you talking about, you mentioned the, the word term, big name. If you're bringing in a, uh, no, with no disrespect, if you're bringing in under 23s to replace Katrina Gori, some people are going to be asking questions, unfortunately, no matter how good they are. Look, Yallop will be good for them. I, in terms of what they're missing, it's hard to say. Um, look, they've replied, they've, Brought in a couple of decent defenders, which I think was an area of concern for them last year. Uh, their keeper, I can't remember. Oh, Hensley Handcuff. Name escaped me for a sec. I know she was caught on a fair bit last year. Um, the only problem is you bring in someone like Chelsea Blissett to, and Jenna McCormick to kind of strengthen that back line, and then you lose arguably your best defender, Jamila Rankin. It's hard to say whether it's actually net positive. I think that's probably the only thing I'd say, but look, uh, people go. It's an opportunity for young players to come through. I know Ruby Cuthbert's um, in the mix to possibly, you know, make a name for herself in the A League. A young player, I believe, the under 17s captain as well, if not in the recent games, at least at one stage. So, look, in terms of what they're missing, maybe another experienced head at the back. But um, you know, you got Jenna Paul McCormick there. You got Chelsea Blizzard. They're still quality, but um, yeah, maybe in terms of experience, they probably could have done a little bit more. But I think they'll they'll be in and around finals at least. I don't think I don't see them petering off too far anyway. Hundred percent, Michelle. Um, yeah, I definitely think this side can do better than last season. I think it's so important for um, Mario Hacker to stay fit. Uh, she did an ACL last season, I believe, um, and she was a huge loss to that team. She's so um, so fun to watch. She's very um, creative on the ball, so. Um, she's a player that I personally just love watching. Like I think she's just so fun to watch. So if she, yeah, stays fit and she's um, ready to play 
the whole season, um, then I think she's going to be a really big uh, part of this team um, scoring goals and, and getting the goals that they need. So, um, yeah, and obviously, you know, Meeks is is a huge name um, in Australian football. So, um, yeah, again, it's a similar sort of situation where I feel like, um, you know, she she might be coming to the end of her career and maybe looking to settle down a bit more. And obviously she's got her partner and the baby and, you know, probably staying somewhere in Brisbane, especially now that the season's longer and going full home and away. Um, it kind of gives her a bit more of that stability um, to kind of stay in the A-League, get paid and um, still be with the family. So I think it's a good move for her um, in terms of like a personal life sort of situation. Um, and I think it's a good move from Brisbane to um, convince her to come back. I The Jenna McCormick signing – I know a lot of people, like, there was a moment where she was, like, great and everyone loved her, but um, didn't have the best season with Adelaide last season. So that's what I'll say on that one. To be fair, Fiona Watts didn't have the best season with Adelaide last year either, so. True. <laughs> you give or take a little bit there, I guess. Yeah. Let's move into the nation's capital, Canberra. Um, on the international side of things, announcing Cote Rojas, uh, coming back which is awesome uh but locally pretty stacked with aussie talent in there as well chloe lincoln from the 23s in there um obviously michelle Heyman leading the line as she has done for many years at canberra one of those teams that were on the edge of finals quite literally last year um what are we looking at for canberra this year to make that next step up to get those points across the line Michelle, I reckon you start with this one because I know you are a big fan of Rojas, surely. <laughs> oh, well, my best mate, Kate Rojas, is, uh, yeah, she's back at Canberra, which um, I'm really happy for her. I think this could be a really good season for her and for Canberra. Um, I think it's it looks overall pretty much, you know, quite a similar team to, to last season more than anything. Obviously, they lost... Uh, Ellie Brush because she's retired um, and you know the, I think for the most part it looks quite similar as as a team um, but obviously they've got Cannon Clough now there and um, yeah a few and Mary Stanch Flaudy as well so some new faces but I reckon I do think that they'll make finals this season I do think that Canberra has you know, they've, they've got the youth, they've got some experienced heads in there. I, I think overall it looks like a really good team. And getting Rojas in, into your side, like, she's a goal-scoring machine. Like, she knows what to do. So, yeah. Talking about making finals, it is a 16 final series this year. So, that happened last year. It was not a, just a matter of them making finals. They were pretty comfortably in there too. No, I think Michelle with the nail on the head there. You've got a perfect blend of youth and experience. Um, Michelle Heyman and Vesna Milivojevic was probably my favorite duo to watch last year. And now you're adding Rojas to it. It just looks like a fun side. I think that's probably the best thing that I could say about them. It looks on paper. This team looks like a really, really fun team to watch. And you talk, I think it's probably the same thing with Brisbane. I don't know if maybe they've replaced outgoing defenders. Uh, well, I don't know how much, I can't remember how much time Faulkner got on the pitch, but I know I personally enjoyed watching it. Ellie Brush obviously retiring as well. 
Grace Ma leaving the club. I know she slotted at centre back for a little bit, even though she is a natural midfielder. But you bring in someone like Tegan Bertalicio, who was one of the top defenders in the NPL across this um, in New South Wales across this season. You know, it, it's still a young player coming in. It's still someone's first chance at an A-League level, but there's still that opportunity for someone to make a name for themselves. Another member of, I believe, the under-17s that we were just talking about before as well. So there's so much to be excited about with Canberra this year. Um, not just for the fact that they're looking strong on paper and could make finals, but I think just in general, they're just going to be a lot of fun to watch. And that's what we want, fun football. Uh, exactly. If, if, if there's a draw card for the A-League, that's exactly what we want. I'm telling you, if there's a team for a neutral to go, you know, even if you don't support them, you watch them week in, week out, it's probably Canberra just for the simple fact that I want to see this trio of Milivojevic, Heyman and Rojas. Like, that's nuts. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, so we go from fun football to new football um, in terms of a team returning to the A-League. Central Coast, we've spoken about Kaya Simon already. How do we feel about the team that they've assembled to restart their campaign back into the A-League? And what are their genuine chances this year of kind of staying competitive throughout the year? That was a great transition, by the way, from fun football to new football. I, I really rate that. <laughs> There's a reason that I'm the host, guys. These guys have got the brains. If you can't tell, I'm sitting here very quiet. I no, just ask no, the questions no. and let them talk. <laughs> no, look, kudos to you. Look, um, Mariners, it's it's tough. It's always a tough one because no matter how good they are on paper, you've got to talk about the fact that it's like, like I know they've been in the early women's before, but that was also a good over 10 years ago, yeah. maybe even a little bit more. Um, how do I say this? They Look, they have assembled a good side. If everything clicks and things do go well, they could probably be pushing for finals. Whether they do or not is a different question. Like I said, you know, they've got to take time to gel together. New team, obviously going into a new facility, trying to work out, you know, what their values are. Um, obviously, they've got the men's side to lean on where I think they're going to take across those, trying to find those, like, hidden gems, undiscovered talents. And it looks like they're doing it based on their signings that they're kind of sticking true to their principles that the club holds already. Uh, Bianca Galich coming in, Rolla Butterwee, I know she got to go at Sydney FC, but, you know, for someone who's performed the way she was, maybe not last season in NPL, but the one before it, she's definitely a top player that deserves maybe even more of a chance at an A-League level. So she's now gone to a club where, you know, she's going to be the player, the starting striker. That's going to be a good opportunity for her. And if she's playing at her best, God knows where she can take, or God knows where she can take the club. Looking at some young players as well, Petter Trimis is the first one that comes to mind. Maya Lobo as well, another member of that MacArthur side who really could make an impact at A-League level. There's Look, it's another side that there's a lot to like about. I think the only thing that stops me from saying they're going to be a top, top team is the fact that they are new and they are still trying to get their feet off the ground. But, you know, you've got a good, you've got a good playing group to work with there. Emily Husband's a great coach. I, they're not they're not going to be a side that's languishing around the bottom of the ladder. They'll probably be that mid-table area, I think. I know we're going through our predictions later, but I'm, I'm giving a bit of a spoiler here. Um, look, they'll be there or thereabouts. I hope they make finals. I think there's, the, you know, the Mariners fans, what they've gone through, the men's side, they've been starved of success for so long. If they've got two successful teams, it does wonders for football in general on the coast. And, you know, I've, and I haven't been involved firsthand, but my family's been involved in... Um, football at a local level for a long time now with women's football and 
there is so much talent that they have to face in Championship Champions when they go to Central Coast sides. So seeing them have a pathway to professional football, it's only a positive for the area in general. 100%. Michelle, Central Coast, how do you feel? Well, I'll tell you what, I am big excited for Mariners Away in the women's. Mariners That's Away good. for the men's is is so much fun, so I'm keen. That stadium just has a different feel for away oh, days, it feels doesn't like it? A like a holiday. Oh, it's so good. Every time. It just feels Even like walking around before a game, it's just, it's just beautiful, honestly. Palm yeah. trees in the background, sunsets over the water, you know, it's just oh, The holiday vibes, honestly. <laughs> um, gossy good times. So, yes, I, I'm excited to see Roll about a Wea, um at the Mariners. I think she'll do really well there. Like um, like we were saying before, like I think she's such a good player and maybe was a bit unlucky to kind of be number two to Madison Haley at Sydney FC last season. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Roll about a Wea being there is um, and being one of the like early signings was um, a good call. Um, obviously the biggest signings are obviously Kaya Simon and Faye Bryson. Um, I kind of figured that once Kaya Simon had signed that a a day or two later, we would see Faye Bryson sign. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a little bit surprising to be honest, because she was playing in the WSL just last season and now she's, um, going to be playing at the Mariners. So it's, yeah, kind of crazy, but um, the things you do for love, I suppose. Um, but no, it, it's cool. Like, I think it should be a, a decent team. I agree with Cody. I think it'll be like a mid table sort of team. And my only reasoning for saying that is I think the difference between, um, the other two expansion teams in West United and the Phoenix was that with Wellington, they kind of got stitched up. They had to kind of build a team during COVID in New South Wales um, and kind of just using fringe players and players surrounding them. So I think they kind of didn't really get to use like local talent in New Zealand, whereas like now you can kind of see that that's what they're doing at the moment. Um, Whereas Western United were building a team for a very long time with Calder University, I think is the team that they were using and uh, Calder United, I think. Calder United, that's the one. Uh, and building a team around that with the coach that was there already. Like it kind of, I feel like Mariners is kind of doing a mix of like the two of using, you know, they were using Sydney Uni players and uh, MacArthur players and then also kind of getting these like figureheads in like Kaya Simon and Faye Bryson. So I think they will do okay. I don't think they would do great, but I also thought last season that West United were going to be trash. So I just said that because I was going to bring that me. up. Hey, um, <laughs> I think another thing too, like going into that environment where hopefully they get to use the, was it half a million dollars worth of equipment that England left behind in their stadium? Oh, yes, left. yes. So hopefully the women get access to that and then, uh, you know, top tier environment to develop a team in for sure um if we come to fringe finals to people that should probably be pushing for titles let's talk city um another team pretty well stacked with 23's talent uh 
do City challenge Sydney and Canberra for a title run this year? It's an interesting one with City. I think it's not necessarily anything that they've done to improve themselves. I just think, you know, I don't know if Sydney FC is going to be as dominant as what they were last year. I don't know if they've got, you know, a side that will sweep everyone in front of them. So it does open up the door for, you know, your victories, your Canberra's and your City's to kind of push them to kind of actually create that title challenge where instead of Sydney just kind of going and running away with it, even if they do start off the season a little bit sloppy. Um, I think there's a lot, look, there is a lot to still be excited about City. Um, you talk about, I talked about duos before with Milivojevic and Heyman. you got McNamara and Polisina at Melbourne City who are fantastic. They've been fantastic for up here this season. They'll be, fact- they'll be fantastic for Melbourne City at an A-League level as well. They are a well-rounded side as well. I'm, Surprised Tori Tumas didn't go back there. Sydney FC's got a coop kind of picking her up as well, but having um look, you still got I think even Emma Checker leaving the club as well, that'll do some damage there as well. But we talk about opportunities, it leaves the opportunity it leaves a chance for someone like Naomi Chinema to actually be a starting player and get some minutes in that regard. Um other than that, I can't think of other too many other notable losses that they made obviously Maria Rojas but she also did spend a good part of the season away on international duty as well so she only played like some 10 games I think it was for the club but it was 10 good games she did play for the club I guess but um no there's still a lot to like about him you've got the McKenna sisters coming in uh players like Briley Henry still there Caitlin Carriage is someone I think could really make a name for herself as well they'll they'll definitely be they'll, they're in the title race they're a club a club like Melbourne City should not be there um, well, I don't want to say unfortunately. They're a big club. They've got a good history with their league women's. If they're not in and around the title race, that's a disappointment on their part, really. Yeah. yeah. I think, personally, I don't really see them winning anything this season. I think, like, the team doesn't really excite me. Like, obviously, like, Mini Polisina's there and she's, you know, great. Um, Holly McNamara is, you know, a really good player as well. But I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get roasted for this and never be able to talk to any City player ever again. But I just, I'm a little just like blur about the team at the moment. Um, and maybe when I see them play, it'll be different. But um, I don't know. The, the, it. I I just I'm wondering about whether or not Dario is uh up to the standard for for this team um and if he does well by the team I guess um and I'm not sure if he's even resigned or if he's confirmed to be the coach for the season does anyone know Oh look all I'm going off is snaps I've seen of him at the training ground yeah. Giving yeah. them instructions, tell them what to do. Unfortunately, that's how we get most of our news on who's <laughs> yes. part of an Elite Women's squad nowadays. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I just – this side on paper is really good and they should they should be challenging for the top, but I just um, – I don't know is my big thing. I, I really don't know with this team, to be honest. Um, but Holly yes. Mack coming back, uh, obviously she came back last season. Um, but is a huge, huge player and a really important player for, for City. Having yep. her fully fit for a season makes a massive difference, to be fair. Yeah. 100%. City haven't updated their website recently, but they currently do not have a coach listed. Um, 
There we go. At the moment. So, but they still do have Rojas listed as well. So, yes. Um, well, the, the A League sites are not great. So, if we swap Sky Blue for what we call it, Navy Blue, just like Navy Blue, yeah. Emma Checker did. Um, <laughs> there we go. That was, that was, that wasn't as smooth. Sorry, guys. Um, Another one of those teams that went out and was like, Matilda, come play for us. Lydia Williams coming home. Um, again, one of those players that's probably coming here to call home home for it now. Um, how are we looking at victory to claim the city as their own? Definitely it looks like like an upgraded version. Oh, maybe not even upgraded. It looks... Essentially, it looks the same. They've lost a lot of players, but they've kind of like brought in players to kind of fill those gaps, I guess. Um, one of the biggest losses, I think, was obviously Casey Dumont. Um, the club not choosing to sign her. Um, she didn't leave, as she was telling everyone in the comments section on a Facebook post. Um, she, the club didn't want to sign her. I do feel bad for Miranda Templeman. Like, will she ever get her number one jersey? Probably not. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it, for me, really sad to see Rachel Lowe leave um, as well and join one of our, if not the biggest rival in, you know, uh, women's Sydney FC. So, Bit disappointing, but is what it is. Um, I think overall it looks like a decent squad. Decent is probably the only way that I could describe it. It looks basically the same. Um, with no Molina airs, I think they lose quite a bit of the attacking sort of prowess that they had. Um, but it's also, I'm not sure if it's the biggest loss because she did spend a lot of time injured. So. Yeah, I remember talking to someone else about this and being like, well, like what? how long do you keep a player on if they don't play because they're consistently injured? How many times can you just keep re-signing them? So it might be, you know, a, a reason like that. But, yeah, so she's off uh, to Newcastle. But Lydia Williams and Emily Gilnick um, and Emma Checker, three capped Matildas. Uh, oh, and obviously KK, Elise Kellen-Knight. So there's some quite a bit of experience in this team, um, which is looking good. But I think the Casey Dumont situation could be kind of crazy because she still wants to play apparently. So she might be looking for a new club. Whoever picks up Casey Dumont is very, very lucky. But you talk about what's left from the victory. I'm just going to go through their defensive setup in a way, I guess. you got Lydia Williams at centre-back. you got... Kayla Morrison and Emma Checker at centre back. I hope I said Liddy Williams is goalkeeper. I can't remember. Um, you said centre back, but we'll call I am goalkeeper. I'm so sorry. It's been a long day. Liddy Williams at goalkeeper. <laughs> Kayla Morrison and Emma Checker at centre back. Um, fullbacks are Jamila Rankin and Jess Nash. And then Elise Keller Knight screening in front of them. If that's not uh, at least close to title winning setup, I don't know what is. That's. You're talking six, yeah, six Cap Matildas there. 
uh, Jamila Rankin and Jess Nash are not only have one apiece, but, you know, they still technically count. And massive features at under-23s level as well and under-20s level. So there's quality there. Um, you're talking about Melina Ayres, fantastic player, obviously out injured a lot. Correa Aquina coming in to replace her as well. Could probably score the same amount of goals for her and play a lot more games as well. So you're getting that on a more consistent basis. It's another side that is very exciting. This is one that I actually think, you know, I say this about my victory every year and then that something happens, they get they go through an injury crisis and things kind of, you know, turn by the wayside. But if everyone stays fit in that squad this year, they re- they're probably the ones that are going to end up pushing Sydney FC. I, it's probably not going to be music to Michelle's ears, unfortunately, but it's a, it's it's a scary looking side on paper. I think it's just the thing. It's the question with them of how do you keep everyone fit? If they answer that, they're looking very very good. And I say this, and look, I know this is a sore point in women's football at the moment, but you don't. I don't want to say this, and then next week someone does their ACL and things kind of turn to shit again. So, you know, I hope they keep fit because if they do, they're going to create an exciting title challenge. Whether they do or not is a different question, but if they can, they'll be looking good. 100%. I say 100% a lot. I realized listening to the episode back last week, guys, and I'll, I'll work on that. I'm so sorry. Uh, but we're going to go from the sporting capital of Australia to probably the best city in Australia, and that is Newcastle. Let's go. That uh, sounds really biased, by the way. We haven't covered no, that, Sydney. We're going in alphabetical order, mate. It's, and Sydney <laughs> is nowhere near the best city in Australia. Um. But uh, let's let's say the city with the best beaches in Australia, that is us. Um, Newcastle, uh, doing a lot on the international market as well, um, making some big, big moves. Melina Ayres, again, if she stays healthy, could be a big piece for Newcastle moving forward. How do they pull themselves off the bottom of the ladder and back up to mid-table and above? Uh, what are we looking at here? That- they keep Melina Ayres fit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> to answer that question, they're looking really, really good. Um, that's something that more Victor weren't able to figure out. But hey, if they can do it in, um, if you know, fancy beaches and good coffee is what keeps her fit, mate, they'll, they'll score a lot of goals this season. I'll yeah, her, her combined with if she stays fit, I'll buy her coffee for the year. Melina, come find me. I got you. I don't know. It's coffee expensive up there. You'd know better than I do. I've been in Newcastle in five it's years. Not. I, I just know a lot of the good spots. So I'll, as long I'll as it's keep, cheap, mate, you I'll don't want to burn a hole in your pocket. That's all right. <laughs> no, that's look. They've look when you look at someone like Millionaires coming in, you can't say they haven't recruited well. I guess if you want a um, replacement for Tara Andrews retiring, you know you're looking pretty good at getting someone like Millionaires in. So I I don't know if it's gonna be. I don't know if they'll pull themselves off the foot of the ladder. Still, I don't know if there's enough about them to challenge some of the other sides. I think the problem this with this is the A League, especially as you go towards that mid to lower bottom of the table areas. It's so evenly spread the talent. You need more than just one or two good players to come in and really, you know, support you forward. Melina Ayres could come in, do a decent job, but who's to say someone like at other clubs, like someone like Jan Siesi doesn't come and do a good job as well. Someone like Rolla Badawia doesn't set um, Mariners up in the same way that we're hoping Melina Ayres does. If there's a striker at Wanderers, I don't know if Serena Bolden's staying, but if there's someone at Wanderers that can come in and, score a half full of goals for them as well, if that doesn't lift them further up themselves. There's, I think it's more of a question of what's going on around them, I guess. They've probably done what they can with the resources that they have, but I'd probably question if it's enough. That's the only thing going through my head. I still think they're going to be 
And sorry, Josh, I know this is your team, but I still think they're going to be languishing towards the bottom. No, I don't think so. I think they'll get off the bottom. I don't think they'll be finals, and I don't think that they will be, like, far off the bottom, but they'll be off the bottom. (laughs) To be fair, they were only just off the bottom last year because Phoenix is still playing in under-23's team, basically. Well, exactly. The Knicks still exist. I'll take mid-table. It's okay. And the Wanderers still (laughs) exist, so you're fine. Don't worry. Um, I do think it just not a lot of attackers, not a lot of midfielders, a lot of defenders. <laughs> um, so just play like six at the back, um, and maybe you'll be fine. Uh, if we don't concede, we can't lose. Exactly. Right. right exactly. How many games um, do we play? How many points is that? Will that get us across the line? <laughs> A draw every every game. Oh my god! Um, I think Libby Copus Brown coming back is really interesting. Um, I was wondering when she would come back. To be honest, I was like, surely she's not playing much overseas. Um, she was playing in the championship, and I'm like, I just I didn't see her playing all that much, and her name really never kind of came up, came about, but. She was a she was really had a really good season at the Wanderers a few years ago. Um, probably one of their better players uh, in the midfield. So um, I think that's a really good signing uh, for the Jets. Um, Claudio Chica, obviously, just a really really good defender. Um, played really well at RPR uh, in the MPL this season. So I think that's going to be a huge loss for Wellington, but. Um, a good pickup from the Jets. I think overall it's it's fine. They might win a game or two, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, it's still the Jets at the end of the day. Let's go, Newcastle. Um, we've spoken about the A-League's best away day on the Central Coast. Now let's go to the longest away day on the other side of the country in Perth. Um, again, Probably, I don't think there's been too many changes in Perth from memory. I think there might have been a lot of outs and not a lot of ins, but I'm not the uh, the brains of this operation. Who wants to take Perth from me so I stop stumbling over words? <laughs> I actually don't oh, mind okay. it, the way they're looking. Yeah. Like, I, look, you brought in someone like Millie Farrow, who in preseason scoring goals, I know it's against an MPLWA select, but you can only play you can only you can only play what's in front of you. If she's able to score goals there, who's to say she can't score goals in the A-League? She comes with a decent record. You never know how things are going to turn out. Grace Jarley coming in, another big signing. There's, I don't know, I think they weren't bad last year either. I thought they were actually, at one stage, I actually thought they were going to really push for the finals. Um, now you've got to talk about a six-team final series as well. There's more opportunity for them. I'd be surprised if they couldn't make top six in all honesty. Um, Sally James, another one that's come in. One of the best young goalkeepers in the country was our starting keeper at the Under Twenties World Cup. There, there's quality there. There is, it does like on paper it does still look like they'll be good. Um, same argument with the Jets. It depends on what's going on around them. They've just got to make sure they're kind of better than the challenges. I guess as stupid as that sounds and as obvious as that sounds, but um, yeah, like I think they've it's another side another side. I think they've recruited quite well. There's definitely an exciting team on paper. I don't think that they should be missing finals, I guess. I can I see them making top six. I wouldn't be surprised if it's comfortably 
Um, and they even you talk about having that mix of experience and youth. Um, a player that I actually want to point out is Claudia Miocic. I know she's had her injury troubles, but when she's fit, she'll she could be a real star of the league. Um, a good friend of mine, Kieran Yap, um, has been banging on the drum about her for quite a while now. So I know he'll be happy with me mentioning her. But um, yeah, she's someone that I think could have an impact for him this year. And even the, just like I said, some of the signings that they've brought in, you know, they really should be cementing a final spot this year. I reckon. I think they'd be a bit disappointed if they weren't. Yeah, I do. I do agree. I think this side looks really good. Looks pretty consistent to last season. Just maybe a few um, added players in there for a bit of spice. But um, yeah, I think Tash Rigby obviously leading the line um, or leading the team. I should say she's. Uh, back in there again this season, so which is great to see. Um, I think Grace Charley, I really hope she has a good season. Um, I feel like she didn't have the greatest season at Canberra. Um, but, yeah, I really think that she she had a really good standout season when she was at Wellington, and I think people were kind of expecting the same sort of vibe uh, when she went to Canberra, but maybe couldn't deliver as much. Um, but I, I think she should do well at um, at Perth Glory. Uh, Alex Parkers is, you know, he's he's quite young as a coach um, and I think he does quite well with his team um, in general. So, uh, yeah, really hope to see um, this team make the final. They should, like, realistically on paper, this team should be making top six. So hopefully we didn't jinx them. Which they did last year, Let's, and we're only adding one team to the competition. So I think the the real question, if you look at the, the table from last year, is probably Brisbane and the unknown about Central Coast are probably the only two teams really with in a shot of making waves to that top six if they pull things together, given the gap between top and bottom last year was nine points between Perth and Western Sydney in seventh. So, yeah, it just depends on how those two teams turn around. I'm just delaying talking about Sydney because I don't want this podcast to go for two hours, Michelle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Obviously, we spoke about Courtney Vine last week. That's probably the biggest thing for the A-League, let alone Sydney. Um, Keeping Courtney here uh, is mind-blowing that we had the pull to do that, which is awesome. Uh, how are you feeling about your Sky Blues this year? Yeah, look, it's a different team um, to last last year. Uh, it's quite different, but some really good, um, some good depth that's come through, I think. Uh, it, it's it's going to be different because there's a lot of you know, new players that have come through. Obviously, um, Shay Connors, uh, Fiona Wirtz, Tori Tumor, uh, Sienna Seveska, like, Quite quite a new team um, for Sydney FC. Losing Charlie Rule, Mackenzie Hawksby, uh, Sarah Hunter. Like those are some big losses. Madison Haley was only on a one year contract, so she was always going to leave at the end of the season. Um, still a big loss, um, but yeah, I'm really excited for this team. I think um, we've got. Again, like a really good young team, some some experienced heads in there. And I think this team is even younger than last year's, which was um, kind of crazy to think that we are going even younger this year. Um, 
but yeah, a, a really solid team, and I really hope that um, Ante can pull off the double double. Um, and it would be incredible if we do. Um, I think, yeah, like we so we've got Talia Franco in now as our reserve keeper, and that's a like honestly really good for Sydney. Um, she's an incredible goalkeeper. Like she's just a giant as well. Like she's so tall. Um, but yeah. I, I don't think we'll see too much of her, but if we do, I, I don't think um, we will be too worried with her between the sticks. Um, I think overall, Sydney looks good, should make finals um, with ease. Talia Franco, I think, I can't remember how many games she played last year. It might have been one or two, but I was really impressed with her when she actually did fill in. So, yeah, 100%, that's a little bit of depth there. And when you're covering four, arguably the best goalkeeper in the league. She's got to be a decent player, I guess. No, I think that with Sydney, it's always a case of, yeah, you've got a young squad, particularly those um, subs or backups. They do tend to be young players, but you have a knack of having the best young players in the country. So I, don't, I never really worry too much about the fact that there's a lack of experience because you've got that elsewhere on the pitch. But then you look at those young players and you know that they're going to be quality. You talk about Sienna Savaska coming in. She's one of the top talents coming through Australia in general at the moment. So definitely not a scrub to have there in all honesty. Both the Dos Santos sisters as well there, both of them are fantastic. And even Janana, I think she even struggled to get minutes last year as well. So the fact that you've got someone there just kind of waiting in the wings of that quality and they're happy to stay at Sydney FC and wait for their opportunity when she could arguably start for a lot of other clubs. You know, you talk about that Sydney FC pool that probably says it there first and foremost. Look, they'll be it's another case of they'll be disappointed if they they'll probably don't do the double double again. Obviously the grand final's a different story where, you know, it comes down to who's better on the day, as Sydney FC fans would know quite well, considering besides last year, the last few years before that. Um but if they don't get the minor premiership, I think there's an argument there that they've probably underperformed, even though there's been changes I still think on paper they've got one of the top sides in the competition. They they really should be there or thereabouts. It'll be an interesting title race. They're probably not going to be as dominant. Um, the doors open probably for your Melbourne victories, your uh, your Canberra's, your cities. I know city may be there or thereabouts. Not sure yet, but um, look, they should probably still be the top team in the competition. They're, they've been the benchmark for Australian women's football for so long. I don't see them completely falling off just because you know as much as they are important players. A few people depart. We go from title aspirations to just improvement aspirations. Wellington this year, do they stay where they are or do they challenge for 11th, 10th? I think one thing with Wellington, the biggest thing that's always held them back was probably the lack of an out-and-out goal scorer. You have Kelly Brown come in this season who was fantastic in the NPL in New South Wales. I think that could answer their questions. Does it answer their questions to shoot them right up the table? Probably not. But I think there's a case for them to get off the bottom of the ladder. I think it, it, and Josh, I hate to bring this up again, it is probably between them and the Jets in a way. Maybe Wanderers, Adelaide are going to be at that bottom end of the table as well. But uh, they're definitely definitely better set up to to actually challenge other teams than what they were last year. I think it's been a slow progress for them. Last year, they definitely looked better than what they did in their first season. They had a few senior heads in there, but now 
it's actually interesting. I was having a look at their squad before. Not a single Australian player for a team in an Australian league. But um, yeah, they're a New Zealand club. They've got they definitely do have the right to build their team around New Zealand talent. But it'll be um, I think they've made the steps that they needed to to actually show the the progress that the fans have been asking for. The first season was just about actually having a team. I understand there probably wasn't as much expectation, but looking into last season, I think fans were hoping, okay, yeah, we can kick on a little bit, and they didn't quite do that, I guess, as much as they did look good at times. I'd argue both games against the Wanderers, they should have won. That day they lost 3-2 to Newcastle Jets, they should have won. They are probably lacking that little bit of experience to, you know, see games out in a way, but that's an area that I think they've rectified this year. If they can go and get some results early, you know, may, maybe mid-table. If they get mid-table, even if it's um, somewhere like ninth or 8th, fans will probably be happy. I mean, it looks mostly the same, to be honest, as last season. Um, Brianna Edwards, uh, great goalkeeper. So, um, yeah, I've got, I don't have much to say about Wellington, to be honest. I think that they got that Riley Foster in now as well. Excellent goalkeeper. Well, I guess, yeah. Who, who do you, who do you start? Who do you, who plays in the number one? You're still yeah. going to have a defense in front of your goalkeeper. <laughs> well, look, you got, you got players like Kate Taylor there as well that are that are good. It's a hard one when you're talking about the starting keeper, though, because Brent Edwards was good for him last year. But you don't bring That's in a visa I mean. keeper if you're not going to play him. But then yeah. again, I don't think Riley Foster's played a lot of football in the last couple of years, has she? I don't know. Well, she I had a been car checking. crash that almost um, broke her neck oh, and that spine. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah so she, she's had a lack of football. Great story, but I don't know if yeah. she's going to have... I don't, I don't know if I'd put her ahead of Brianna Edwards. But, I, I really liked her towards the end of last season. It'll be interesting to see how they I manage think Brian her Edwards, return. Brianna Edwards had a great season last year. So I don't know. Do you reward, you know, your your reserve keeper? Because that's what she was. She was a reserve keeper um, while Lily Olford was out and is now out again this season. Um, or do you choose the visa player? But. Yeah, I, I think overall the team looks quite similar uh, to last season, which means that they will probably finish somewhere towards the bottom. All right. Let's come back across the ditch to the, the Westerns. Um, we'll start in Sydney, Western Sydney, um, seventh last year. How is this squad faring up for maybe challenging for that sixth? fifth spot to kind of play finals. Michelle, I know you like talking about the Wanderers. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wonder what goes on over there sometimes. Like um, your best player, n- n- no, no one knows where they're playing uh, in, uh, what's the name? Oh my god, I'm having a complete mental break. I don't know. The Philippines player? What was the name? Oh, Serena Bolden. Oh, Serena Bolden. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, not re-signed. And she was arguably the best player that they had last season. Um, and like going to their games, like watching her like actually play, it was like you could just hear the difference. You had on one side of the field, um, the the goalkeeper uh, John Bloomer yelling, and then up the other end you had 
Serena Bolden yelling as well. So you had two players who were like really loudly communicating and the team just worked really well with all that communication going on. Um, and neither of them are coming back to play in this, for this season. Um, it, it, obviously they've lost Claire Hunt going to PSG. Like, obviously there are names there, Melissa Caceres, d- decent players and good players. Um, but are they, you know, good enough to then go up against Melbourne Victory, Sydney FC, Melbourne City? You know, uh, you know I guess that's the question. Like, can this team and this club where they clearly are, I don't know, it, it doesn't seem like they're investing as heavily as maybe they should be to compete with their rivals, um, I don't know. I have, I obviously, people are going to be listening to this and it, I obviously have a strong bias towards Sydney FC. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. But um, yeah, three of your best players, you know, your goalie, your, your captain and, um, and your striker, not there. It, it's, a, it's a backbone removed, really, to be yeah. fair. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know if I was a big fan of George Bloomer last season, in all honesty. I don't know if... I don't know. She didn't really excite me, maybe, as much as what other keepers well, in the league did. But then again, it's hard to be exciting as a goalkeeper. And when <laughs> the side that you had in front of you for a lot of the year was almost inept, it's kind of hard to stand out as a keeper in that regard as well. Um, look, Claire Hunt, obviously a massive loss. Serena Bolden. Maybe a massive loss. I don't know if it's a loss yet or not. We still haven't worked that one out. Um, but there's still, look, I think there are still decent players that you can build a team around of. If you get, um, how do you say, it? if you get Amy Harrison, Beth Gordon, and Sophie Harding clicking, then yeah, look, you could look all right. I think there's still some young players you can build off as well. Uh, Millie Clegg coming in, I think, will be massive. Unfortunately, it does end up only just replacing Sienna Savesca, who we were talking about leaving before. And even um, someone I'm actually excited to see is Talia Eunice. Um, I haven't seen much of her personally, but she's been um, a, almost mainstay in the under-17 side for the, for the Matildas. So quality there. If she's anything like her brother, she'll be fantastic. But I think there's a crux of possibly a good side. I think I mentioned the Claire Hunt loss. If there's players that can come in and really step up in her absence, because it doesn't look like they're looking overseas or anything for a player. I think there might have been an American defender coming in, but you're probably going to need more than one option to replace that back line because Claire Hunt was almost doing that job yeah. on her own. I think now that maybe players like Amy Chassari has um, had a little bit more experience, maybe they can step up. Obviously, Alexia Postolakis is there as well. If she comes into that centre-back spot on her day, she's fantastic as well. I know I think there's been cases where she's been shifted out to full-back as well, though I'd prefer to see her actually in that centre-back role and doing her thing there. That's probably her natural position and her best position. But there's quality there that you can build. Um, It probably just comes down to how well Cat Smith's able to really put them out and actually set them up to go and win games. I think if you keep Claire Hunt there, maybe you can push for that top six. Uh, It's a very, very strong maybe, but it's a maybe. Without Claire Hunt, I don't know. I don't know if I can see it happening. I don't think they'll be... Um, bottom feeders or anything like that though I don't think they're going to be so they get slapped every week yeah. like they looked like probably two years ago but um, yeah look I think there's there's a crux of a good side there 
it probably depends on one, how well Cat Smith's able to set him up, two, how well the club's able to back him, and to an even further extent, three, how well the fans are willing to back him as well. Yeah. Hopefully we see larger crowds going out to support the Wanderers women because I know some of them were only around the 500 mark. If they can get quadruple digits into that um, Wanderers football facility, you could actually create a bit of an intimidating atmosphere, but <laughs> it's a matter of how they do that. Just a, a good point there. Serena Bolden still hasn't signed for any team for just those teams that we've mentioned. A couple of them need strikers. Wink, wink, Newcastle. Um. <laughs> Imagine that in Ayers, um Bolden combo. That would actually I'm be pretty good. You, I'm going to make it happen. Let me just get them on the phone. Um, last Western, last team on the list too. Michelle's um, probably greatest prediction of last season, hmm. um, Western United finishing, I think it was second overall, was it not? Yeah, they um, finished second. Unluggy. <laughs> Did they back it up? <laughs> Did they stay in that top four um, without the element of surprise and unknowingness? People know how to play against them now. Just having a game plan helps. I think that's probably the biggest thing. They're not an unknown quantity anymore. People know what they're coming up against. That's probably going to be what holds them back the most because if you look at what how they are on paper, they haven't exactly depleted. I think the only person that's um, we're unsure about is Hillary Bill, and even if she's not there, Alyssa the Lost, I think, so perfect enough replacement. She was a part. Of, she was part of that Caledon United side that did so well in the MPL Victoria. So once she gets a moment, I don't think she's going to be a poor goalkeeper by any stretch of imagination. Uh, Sydney Cummings not coming back as well. That's a uh, loss there as well. Angie Beard, they're probably the main, they're probably the key departures for them. But I think the biggest thing for them is the fact that they were able to keep Hannah Keane. Having her coming back will be massive because she's arguably the top striker in the competition with Madison Haley gone, especially maybe arguably Michelle Heyman there as well. But Hannah Keane is a fantastic footballer and she'll do some damage again this season. Uh, even their midfields managed to improve when you've got some very solid options in there with the Toronto Twins, Rob, uh, Robers, Legazzo, and now you're adding Grace Mar to the mix, whether she plays there at the back, still yet to be seen. But if you can get that combination kind of working as well, and no matter who you put put on in a midfield three, so Wiki's there as well, sorry. No matter who you put on in a midfield three, you know you're getting a quality midfield three as well. So on paper, they're still fantastic. Whether that element of surprise carries them through again, it's probably hard to say, but you can still see them making top four, really. Yeah, I think um, if Chloe stays fit and um, strong throughout the season, I think um, that midfield could be really dangerous. Um, But, yeah, I I agree. Hannah Keane staying is huge um, for West United, for the league. Um, It's, yeah, great, you know, to to see her stick around. But I completely forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, jumping over from Melbourne Victory, so... You know, maybe adds a bit of spice to um to a new rivalry there. So that'll be exciting. Um I think, yeah, overall this team, you know, is is yeah, much like last year's team, um, and should compete for top four, I'd say. Easy. All right. The time you guys have waited an hour for this. Uh this is gonna be a long episode. We've still gotta go through the WSL, so stick with us. Um let's go through our Talking Tilly's table, our triple T for 23-24. Mm. We'll start at bottom, work our way up. 
who do we have finishing in last place? We'll, we'll culminate our tables into one and we'll release one as a brand. Um, do we think, I, from what you guys are saying, it's either Newcastle or Wellington. What way is it going to go? I got Newcastle. Sorry, Josh. It's okay. Just remember they didn't have my support last year. I, I'm, I'm bringing my vibes to the team and that's going to be enough to Nothing but up. good vibes. I know, right? Mm. <laughs> no, nah, I'm going to say Wellington at the bottom, TBH. I had Wellington at the bottom as well, so majority rules. Sorry, Cody. Um, <laughs> that probably means that solid 11th. Um, we, we're probably putting Newcastle 11th then. Well, look, I had Wellington at 11th, so next best would be Newcastle. Cool. Newcastle. (laughs) Um, 10th place. Westies. How how high are we putting the Coasties is the question. Like, if we look at... I'm putting them higher. I'm going higher, yeah. Okay. I'm saying Western Sydney is third last. Yep. I I had Adelaide. Third last. Where? Okay. So I forgot about them. So where are we? So 12. Actually, yeah, I'd say the last Adelaide. I'm giving the Wanderers, you know, some some bit of love here. That's, I think they deserve the benefit of the doubt in all honesty. That's my contribution yeah, well, to this. Dropping two, what you're saying is dropping two places, Cody. If we put them at ninth and we put Adelaide in 10th. Yeah. 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 Wanderers ninth actually makes sense. So I had them ninth as yeah. well, to be fair. All right. Um, eighth. Is this where we put? Central Coast. That's where I had him. Yeah, that's not, a good call. Not on the French, but element of surprise. They're, they're, um, they're about, so I don't think eighth is a bad result for him. Does Perth jump up is the question. Does Perth go from ninth to seventh? Didn't oh, Perth sorry. come sixth last year? That was my list. I had them come Ah, uh, okay, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> um. Do Perth make finals more is the question. I have them making finals. I have the Raw 7th. Well, I don't know. I've got Perth 7. I think Brisbane make finals. Yeah, I think Brisbane will make the finals. I think Perth will just miss out. Perth, Brisbane 6 then? Yeah, ch- I, I had 6 to be fair, so it just makes sense. With a, with a swap there. I'll come back in 6 uh, months when Perth make finals. So. Now we go <laughs> in Western United, Canberra, City, Victory, Sydney. Let's do we work from top down now or do we keep going? For sixth? For fifth. For fifth. Who do we have in sixth? Brisbane. It's Brisbane. So fifth place, I'm gonna say Canberra? Do they drop? Ooh. I was gonna say City TBH. Alright, Canberra. And we can go Canberra. Majority Canberra? rules? Yeah. Alright. Canberra. I'm part of the majority now. Fourth, I reckon. City go fourth. Yeah. Yeah, I can back that. Now, Western United or Victory? I, th- I think Sydney run away with it. I think Victory goes third. Yep. Western, oh, I had Western third. Sydney. Western, nah, Western's Sydney? got a way better team than Melbourne Victory does, in yeah, my opinion. Fair enough. Yeah, the kind of Keynes difference. I reckon two, three, four could probably interchange a position each somewhere, depending if we. I, think, I think it's so close this season. It will, like, if, like, I said about the teams in that mid to lower table. It's so close. Like one or two players mm-hmm. isn't going to make a difference. You're going to need a yep. little bit more than that. I think it's the same with the top the top of the table as well. 
I think that's the thing. Like, if you look one through eight there, we've got Sydney down to Central Coast, given the element of surprise. Could be a pretty close pull for those last two slots in finals as well, now that it's opening up to six. It could be a very interesting competition. Coming. Hopefully we don't look too silly if uh, Newcastle or Adelaide ends up sneaking in there too. Oh, yeah, don't worry. I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you know. It's okay. We will know if Newcastle you'll, make finals. The, the whole theme of our social media account will go gold. I'll tell you that much. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our table for uh, Australia. Let's quickly chat about our first match week. It's time for games. So content we're going to produce is going to shift completely. We're going to be looking at actual football with how people are performing. If we go through... Game by game, WSL 23-24. Let's bring it up. Um, first game off the bat is going to be Villa United um, this week. Um, I don't think we have any Aussies starring in that. I think it's the only game that we don't have an Aussie playing in. Mm. Now that Gilnick's gone, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's the only game this week that we don't have an Aussie in. Um, I think United are looking pretty worse for wear this year after losing a lot of their team. They've made a few good signings in the, the transfer window, but losing Russo up front, they haven't really... They've got the a Brazilian striker, I think, now. but Japanese be, striker as well. Is. And um, they have the Brazilian as well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Villa have also had an exodus of players, or was that West Ham? One of the two had an absolute exodus of midfield and attacking players. Um, but... If we look at that, Bristol City play Leicester, which will be our first game that... Uh, oh, no, sorry. Evan and Brighton play at 11. Uh, so that will feature multiple Aussies across the boat with um, Claire Wheeler. And then I think we've got a trio at Brighton still, don't we? Or do we duo. have a duo, got two. duo now? Um, Charlie yeah, Rule and McKenzie. Oh, hopefully they can connect like they have been. In, from Instagram stories, we've been seeing that they assisted each other in a goal in the 23s, <laughs> still to be confirmed. But looks like they got minutes in preseason for them as well as starters. So, yeah, you know, maybe if, if they're able to slot in straight it's away. Yeah, <laughs> thing is, thing is, they play against uh, Chelsea later in October. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, and then we got Nevin and Remy. Um, I would say Remy's Michelle's little child to watch um, at Leicester. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm learning, guys. It's okay. Arsenal, Liverpool, probably the game of the week I would put here. Um, Arsenal with a really fresh-looking squad. Huge transfer window, obviously. Um, KCC coming in to be the third Aussie in that squad. and. I you can't point at a weak spot at the moment with Miedemar coming back now too. It's it's looking dangerous. Love to see it. Love <laughs> to see it. I might be an Arsenal supporter for the women's side after this season. We'll Join see us. how we go. See how that goes. West Ham City, uh, Macker up against Fowler. That'll be a good little shot to look at. Um, and then we got. Sam against Tottenham, um, Tottenham, Villa, United, Bristol are the four teams without Aussies in them now that Kai is back in Australia. So how are we looking at the WSL this year, guys? What are we 
thinking, do we do a ladder prediction here as well and see how, how bad we fall off? Well, we can do a quick one. Let's do a quick one. All right. I think, I think Br- Bristol come up and get rele- relegated straight away, to be fair. Yep, I agree. To be, to be completely honest. Um, I reckon Leicester just barely survive. See, I hope Leicester do a little bit better. Well, to be fair, when Remy and Courtney came in, they started looking a lot better. I think when, before they came in, they were actually bottom of the ladder too. So yeah. They've also um, made a lot of signings, Leicester. Yeah. Um, Brighton, probably down there as well. Mm. Uh, I don't think they've added much to their squad this year. I think it'll be between them and Leicester. Um, same with, with Liverpool. Tot- Liverpool down there as well. I don't think yeah. Tottenham have really added much to their squad to come off. I don't the... like this Liverpool trash talk. It's okay. Well, it is what it is. Don't know what to tell uh, you. Um, now we get into kind of the big hitters. Does West Ham finish seventh, are we saying? Yeah, thereabouts. Or actually, no, I think they'll finish above Everton. Everton? Okay. Yeah. Um, so perfect. Uh, and then we're going to have, I reckon Villa. I, I still think Chelsea, United, Arsenal, City are probably in a league mm. of their own at the moment, looking at squads. Um, Villa are probably there, but not quite. Let's go top four. Um, I think United are fourth. I don't yeah. think they, they have a, a, a squad depth big enough to, challenge for champions league again not not this season no um i reckon city city in third third. yeah yeah then chelsea and i reckon arsenal this is our year guys we're coming back i can say it honestly because you brought even outside of cooney cross russo is coming as well isn't she yeah yeah do they get the still over the line no i reckon that'll go in that'll go in january i reckon i reckon I reckon this is this is my hope. Herps will go in January. Arnold was lined up as the replacement, so I'll have an Aussie at United and it'll be okay. Um, that's that's nah, Arsenal the, look way too good on paper though. The women's oh, side at least. Like yeah. Russo meet Miedemar up front with like it's just an insane it's a FIFA team. Like if you were to build a a women's team on Someone's FIFA, playing FIFA crew mode with an unlimited budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. You know it. Um, but, okay, so let's go through our table predictions this year and we'll wrap things up here, guys. So in the A-League, we've got Sydney taking it out um, for the minor premiership. Western United coming second. Victory, City, Canberra and Brisbane rounding out finals. Perth, Central Coast, Western Sydney, Adelaide, Newcastle, Wellington to wrap up the ladder there. And then... Over in the WSL, Arsenal taking out the title, um, which we'll probably never hear the end of if it does happen from Michelle. Chelsea. (laughs) Chelsea, City, United, Villa, West Ham, Everton, Tottenham, Liverpool, Brighton, Leicester and Bristol to go back down to the championship. That is our look at what's coming up ahead. We will touch on all the results, any highlights from our Aussies abroad as well. in our first full game match day kind of look. And then 
we were into the swing of things because in three weeks, three weeks, four weeks, we have our first camp for the Matildas. Um, Michelle's not going to be here for that, so that'll be me and Cody. So we've got Michelle for next week's episode, I believe. Then you've got me and Cody for a couple of weeks, guys. Um, we'll try and get some friends of ours to join us to lighten the mood up so it's not all just guy talk. Um, <laughs> Michelle's like, here's the keys, boys. Have fun. I'm out. Lads, 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 lads. <laughs> I, I reckon we've got good guy talk here, to be fair. Up the boys. No. <laughs> boys, 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 boys. <laughs> um, but. Thank you again to everyone who listened to the first episode. We had great reaction, great response, um, good feedback from everybody as well. So we're going to take all of that on board. If you have any more from this episode, give us a yell. We're always around. Uh, you can find us on all our socials attached to talking at talking Tillies on Instagram. Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. We haven't made it to YouTube yet. Uh, we had some technical issues last week, and it probably won't happen this week either. So YouTube will be match day one kind of revealing vibes, which is sick. Um, but, yeah, that wraps it up for preseason, folks. It is time for kickoff. It's time for football. Uh, and we will see you next week as we dive right in to match day one. This is Talking Tillies. Goodbye. <laughs>